Hey, welcome back, besties. It's so good that you've joined us to continue on our Bible adventure. I'm Alex. And I'm Lauren. And we're going to tell you stories from the Bible. Yep. Today we're going to tell you a great... Alex is going to tell you a great tale. Lauren wants no responsibility for how I tell this because I'm sure he's a little nervous from last week because things got pretty, pretty uh, middle schooly, didn't they? They did. They did. And this, I'm, and this one doesn't, this one's not that far off. It still has a little bit of a, um, a Caddyshack vibe, if, if sometimes, you will. If sometimes the Bible stories seem like uh, daytime television, you, you're you not incorrect. No. And sometimes they get kind of silly, like, a, like what's that movie? Uh, Animal House. There's some of that silliness happening here. Like in this one, you're going to get to enjoy your favorite thing in this audio medium. Nudity. Lots of nudity in this one. There's some nudity in today's Just, There's just some nudity. And I know, let's put a disclaimer out the there. Good thing, though, Alex, the good thing, though, audio podcast features nudity. Yeah, the good thing about it is this is an audio show. That doesn't matter. It's still pretty nude and, and rude, if, if I do say so myself. Right. So let's get into it. We are returning back to our friend. Set the stage. Yeah, I'll set the stage. Do you remember what happened to our friend Joseph and why he is on the road again? Because his brothers threw him in a hole. How'd it go, Lauren? What happened? Yep. His well, bros beat him up, took his coat, his fancy coat, and brought it back to their dad and was like, yeah, it was a big um, uh, beast, I guess. Anyways, he's been torn to ribbons and there's no use going to look for him. And his dad was like, no, God, why him? <laughs> well, we picked the story back up. In Genesis chapter 39. Right. And we find Joseph. He's not ripped to ribbons. He's not ripped to ribbons. He had actually been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. And that's where we pick up. Right. So he's been, he was thrown in that hole and uh, Potiphar's like, uh, that one seems all right. Yes, I'll buy that one, please. Um, yeah, he looks dashing enough to work in my luxurious home as a servant. He's like, boy, you're not wrong, sir. I am, I am very fancy. <laughs> Look at me. So I'm assuming I'll get a nice room or something, a place to stay, because I am so weary from these travels. I mean, things have really gone south for me. If you would have seen the coat I was wearing before I was picked up, you would have known I am a really big deal. A manager, if you didn't know. A manager. And he's like, right, sorry, dude, get out of here. So he throws him into his, you know, slave's quarters and gives him his normal job. Like, go fetch the water. Go get some groceries and stuff. But a funny thing happens every time Joseph goes to, like, the grocery store. So say he's told, why don't you go to the store and pick up some uh, some eggs and some milk and bread or whatever. He comes back. He's like, well, let me tell you, sir. Um, that manager there is really top-notch, I'll tell you, because I was having the hardest time with the man who worked in the dairy department who was giving me some bit of lip because I'm disappointed with how they organize the eggs. I tell you, they need to date them properly. But anyways, I was so frustrated, he managed to give me, to, to satiate my unbelievable amount of whining and complaining, guess what? We now have eggs for free for a month. How's that sound? He's like, Oh, really? That's great. Good good job, servant. 
Free eggs, huh? And he's like, yes, I made quite a stink. Now, regarding meats, same deal. I was very disappointed with the selection. <laughs> and I went to the meat manager and I said, you tell that manager of yours that this selection is pathetic. I got so upset. So irate. I was literally screeching and screeching. I'm not used to not having things my way. And guess what? Free meat for a month. How's that sound? He's like, whoa. So you're like really ornery, huh? All right. Well, good. Good. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to put you on groceries all the time. And he's like, no problem. I'll get that store running tip top by the time I'm done with it. Yes. Sir. Is there anything else I can do? And he goes, uh, yeah, if you don't mind, uh, I have some bills some folks are overdue on if you can go collect those. And he's like, sir, are you telling me someone owes you money? Well, I will tell them exactly how out of line it is that they have not paid you. And he goes off to collect. So say he's supposed to go and get like 200 bucks. He comes back. He's like, well, I gave him an earful, sir. Guess what? He was so ready to get me off of his property. I have returned with $2,000 and I've been told to never come back, which... Hey, that's not up to him, right? You tell him. You're the boss. You're a big deal. And he's like, you really... Wow. Man, you're really good at this. Hey, do you want to run... So I've got some people who are growing some uh, in the fields. If you want to go... I mean, I guess we could probably have a higher yield. And he goes, you do have any experience in managing fields? And he goes, do I have... Ma- do I have experience managing... I managed my dim-witted brothers for years. It's fine. Yes, I will manage this as well. Basically, what happens is everything he does... Touches, turns into gold. It's so good. And the reason it says so in the Bible is because I'm thinking God, God clearly liked this guy. It's a son of, you know, one of his people. There's a covenant with him. Like God likes him. He was kind of insufferable, but he definitely didn't deserve to be beaten, thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. Like, I don't feel like God's too keen on that. So God in this time is watching over him and basically anything this flipping dude touches he falls in like cow poop comes out and is like oh <coughs> sir were you feeding the cows the other day and he goes yes he's like did they one of them get your gold ring and he goes he did and he goes well i found it don't worry i slipped in it and i came out with a fistful of gold and he's like golly you are the neatest servant i've ever had like i mean i love it so he gets in charge of like everything he touches and god just keeps going yeah yeah he doesn't deserve to be a slave let's at least Keep him in the life he's used to. As he grows, he gets more and more confident and gets a little older. And pretty soon he's in charge of everything in Potiphar's house. Everything. Nothing is out of his reach except one thing. There is one thing he is not permitted to touch. Yes, that is his wife, obviously. He will not be with his wife. He won't look after her. Literally, it says the only thing Potiphar had to worry about was like what he ate. Like... Yeah, amazingly, Joseph didn't, like, set the menu. Chapter 39, verse 6 says, So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Right. So basically, like, Joseph just doubles things and makes things awesome. So the problem is, he's Joseph. He's a fancy boy. But he's a fancy, handsome boy as well. You wouldn't believe how handsome he is. Well, Potiphar's wife has been watching this handsome new servant going around and he's doing such great work around the house and my he's handsome oh, i might like to get a, a taste of that because slaves right like she's used to just doing what she wants he's used to doing what he wants this is crazy olden times where people are property so she makes a move on him and is like hubba hubba i like what you're working with over there what's your name he's like oh yes my name is joseph i'm manager of all these things thank you ma'am um i'm gonna go back to work and she's like no no you're gonna go back to work 
open here. Get over here in my boudoir. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yucky. No, not interested. Sorry. No, uh, as, as flattering as this is, ma'am, how could I do this to you? You are, you are the wife of Potiphar and he has given me everything. How could I, in charge of everything he's given me, take advantage of this courtesy by taking, taking this, this step in, in frivolity and gross, crass behavior? And she's like, oh, I'll get you yet. Yeah, she doesn't stop. She doesn't yeah. relent. And what this becomes is a very obviously, like, unsafe work environment. A lot of sexual harassment going on in this in this place. Every time he's, like, inside watering the flowers, he, like, sneaks around and she's just slowly, tenderly creeping up to pinch him on the bum. She's like, oh, you like it, don't you? And he's like, ma'am, if you could please stop, I would much appreciate it. And she's like, oh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. She keeps, like, putting out, like, chocolate covered strawberries and like little paths to her bedroom and he's like ma'am i picked up all these strawberries you've left strewn about the oh my goodness and she's like come in (laughs) and it's it's just really heavy-handed seduction attempts one day she is so smitten with sexual avarice that she's just can't just chomping at the bit for this a sweet slice of joseph pie you know what i mean and uh, he comes through wearing um, his normal garb, which is like servant's garb. you know what I mean? Like he's wearing like a cloth cinched around his waist, you know, like it's a toga party. You know what I mean? That's what I assume, because what happens is she makes a real aggressive handsy move on him, grabs him by his old rear end, and he gets so scared he just bolts. Like, not this again. I don't have time for this today. And he runs out the house, but naked! <laughs> And she's like, she loves it. She loves what she saw. She saw him naked and he runs out the house and sh- and some other servants come in and go, what's all this hubbub this, about? This is the first story of streaking, isn't it? This the is the streak. Way. That's what they call him, the streak. And they come in and they're like, what is it, madam? I heard you shriek. And she's like, oh, and she's like kind of caught red handed. Like she's holding his, she's garment. holding his garment. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, um, do you know what happened, Joseph, that filthy little boy, he, that Hebrew, wasn't he? He came in here stark naked and tried to uh, impose himself upon me. He tried to, to, to handle me as only a husband should. And I was so aghast, mind you, that I screeched and screeched, as you heard. And then he ran away. Thankfully, I was able to escape with my life. And his britches, which I'm holding here, because he attacked me. And they're like, oh my gosh, ma'am, are you okay? And she's like, just barely. Well, uh, well, goodness, I, I'm lucky to be alive. So Potiphar comes home, and there's all this hubbub. And they're like, what's the deal? And Potiphar's like, what happened? And his wife's like, well, that Joseph of yours got really fresh with me and tried to sleep with me. Thankfully, I forced him away, and he's now nude somewhere. <laughs> Which I can go look for him if you want. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, that that's not, that's quite all right. We won't do that. All right. I am so mad. Man, I really thought he was a great kid. You know what I mean? Like everything he did turned to gold. Everything he touched. And she's like, not the case in this case, husband. And he's like, right, right. Well, obviously I'm so irate. And he was so irate. He calls the fuzz. It's all over the news. Joseph's a, a creeper. And Joseph gets thrown into jail. And it stinks because he's not used to 
these tough circumstances. So he gets busted. He she l- offered to create the police sketch for him. Yeah, she drew it. She's <laughs> like, I knew exactly what his privates looked like. And she drew it. Because he's Hebrew. Anyways. What oh, happened? Alex. That's in the Bible, Lord. Uh, it's in going. there. They're like, these naked Hebrews trying to take advantage of us with their weird gear. It's so, it's in there. It's in the Bible. Anyways, I'm not a creep. Let's keep it moving. Here's the deal. He goes to jail, but God's still with him because God knows he's not yeah, a creep. The dude got framed. He got real framed. It was rough. But whatever. About power he's, and privilege. He's so annoying. <laughs> I don't, I mean, he's real, yep. He's a yuppie. Anyways, he's in there. He's in jail. Guess what? God's still with him. He gets in there. He's like, hello, sir. I want to first declare to you, warden, that I am an innocent man. This is wrong that I be here. I'm a fancy boy. I once wore a very nice coat, if you don't believe me. I was a manager. If you know Potiphar, who accused me of this ridiculous behavior, he left me in charge of everything. And let me say, if, let me just, if I want to be clear, I am a gift, if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm an incredibly talented, handsome man. And I don't know why I should be put in here. And they're like, Get in the cell, chucklehead. And they put him in there. Mm-hmm. He goes in. But while he's in there, same crap happens. They're like, hey, prisoner 224, go mop up the slot down there. And he's like, yes, no problem, sir. I'm on top of it. And he goes in there, mops up the slot. If he wouldn't, if you wouldn't believe, he cleaned the whole ding-dang prison, top to bottom, just immaculate. Immaculate. They're like, oh, great, uh, Hey, you mind running over, uh, picking up some lunch from blah, blah, blah? We'll, we'll send you. And he's like, oh, yes, of course. And he runs and gets some lunch. He comes back with like triple what they ordered because he raised such a fuss about the cleanliness of the restaurant that they just gave him all his free food to yeah. send him home. And they're like, good Lord, I like this prisoner. He's great. Guards yeah. can eat free for a month. Yeah, like he's like, don't worry, everybody. It was abhorrent. It was a abhorrent kitchen. But now we have free food for a month. And they're like, man, everything we do with this kid's great. Basically, same exact story happens. Well, yeah. He becomes the boss of the prison as a he, prisoner. He becomes the boss of all the other prisoners. He's the Verse prisoner's boss. Says, and the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners <laughs> who were in the prison. Can you imagine? Whatever that? was done there. He was the one who did it. Yeah, it didn't matter. He's like, don't worry, I'll keep this place. Look, it's a prison, but it doesn't have to look like a sty. Am I right? So he keeps it nice. He keeps everyone in line. He's like Al Capone running the jail. Yeah, if someone's like smuggling in food, he's like, hey, heads up, that guy's smuggling in contraband. And they're like, thanks, prisoner two, four, four, whatever number I said before. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no problem. I want this place to be run tip top as I do everything. And they're like, man, this guy's great. Great, great, great. So he's basically just living the life now, even in prison. I mean, the life he can while being locked underground in right. like caves. But anyways, so what happens is um, one day, two new prisoners come. And he's in charge of all the prisoners. He's like, right. hello, gents. Whoa, nice outfits. Those are some fancy coats, if I do say so. But as you know, they must go in the box. Come on, let's put on our new, da- our new clothes. You'll see I am wearing it to the proper... See, this is where you cinch it. I'm wet. Look at how I dress. You do the same. We won't have any trouble. And these two guys are just dressed to the nines because these Royalty. are these are people of the royal court. It's the baker, the king's, the pharaoh's baker, and the pharaoh's cupbearer. Yeah. You know the cupbearer? That guy's basically paid to just look good and hold a cup. That's it. And they're in there because apparently some stuff had gone down with the king. Somebody had done a bad. And it was whittled down to these two. One of these two had done it. So maybe it was like mm-hmm. a coup. Or maybe it was like um, leakers. 
dirty leakers. You know what I mean? Yep. We get this in the news still. Right. Leaders don't disloyal, like it. Right. Disloyal. Yeah. Right. He's scared yeah. of this. So dark, st- dark state or something. Deep state. Deep state. This, deep is, deep state. State. this is the deep state. The, 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 whatever. They're accused by a wacky pharaoh that like they're they're bad guys. So the pharaoh's thrown them both in there to suss out what's happening. And he's like, well, I'll be in charge of you two gents. You tell me if you need anything. Because he's like, wait a minute. These people know the pharaoh. Cupbearer is really close to the pharaoh. If he can get in good with him. And if that guy's like maybe gets out because they're still sussing out what went wrong, maybe, you know, he can get a good word and then perhaps he could become part of the royal court. So um, he's watching these two and these two are both like griping that this mystery hasn't been solved. And they're like, we keep having nightmares. What's going to happen to us? And he goes, nightmares. And they're like, yeah, we have these dreams and we don't know what they mean. And the cupbearer's like, yeah, I don't know what, what it means, but I'm terrified. I need help. I need someone to, to help understand what these mean. And he goes... Oh, dreams, is it? If you'll remember, he's pretty, he does a lot of dreaming himself. You remember all those naps he used to take? Oh, yeah. He's really good at that. And he says, do not um, the divination, the understanding, the, what is it, interpretation of dreams belong only to God? Well, guess what? Me too, dudes. And they're like, oh, wow, you know how to, like, you can interpret dreams? He's like, oh, I interpret dreams all the time. Oddly enough, it's usually about how great I am. And I've found that's pretty consistent throughout history. I'm doing great. Yeah, tell me your dreams, dude. And he's like. The cupbearer goes first. Cupbearer tells his dream. He's like, okay, so I had this dream, right? And uh, in the dream, I was. Uh, uh, There's I a was, vine uh, before there, me. There, I, I, got, I got it, Lauren. I remember the Bible <laughs> just fine. He goes, and, and there's this there's this vine, right? And it sprouts off in three directions. And out of the vine comes uh, three bushels of grapes. And they're, they're, they're tremendous. So I take the grapes and I smush them up because that's what I do. I'm into wine. I'm a little. Bit of a sauvignon, if you will. And uh, I, I put it in the cup, and the, the, the king, the king, the pharaoh, takes the cup, and he lifts it to the air and, and puts it to his sweet lips. He's such a generous man. And he drips the, drips the, the, the this fine grape, and, and, and I'm with him, and everything's going great. What what do you think that means, this this, this three grapes and this, this cup being lifted up? And he goes, oh, great news, my man. I... I know a lot about this. I was once the moon and the stars. Did you know? Anyways, in this case, it's really quite simple. You're kind of a moron if you don't get it, but I'll help you anyways. So you are are the cup. You're the cup bearer, right? So in three days, three vines, you will be lifted up. You will be brought back and the king will find favor with you. Isn't it great? And he goes, oh, yes. Wow. That is great news because it's the truth. I would never speak ill of him. Never, never. He goes, all right, well. In three days, if you could, just listen, come here, listen close. If this is true, and it is because I'm great, please don't forget about your old friend, Joseph, down here. <laughs> um, I'm the fanciest one. You'll, you'll recognize me right away, I hope. Um, remember me and speak favorably, B, and tell the, the pharaoh that if he needs a dream interpreter, I would be more than happy to help. And as you, he could speak to my references, except for the one that thinks I committed a, a sex crime, but I didn't. I'm just very good management. Please let him know. Thank you. All right. Uh, yes, you there, the baker. You're next. So the baker walks in and he comes into his cell and he says, Well, okay. So, uh, so, uh, I, I, I had a dream too. And in my dream, uh, 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 there's a, there's a bunch of baskets of bread, three of them, and, uh, baked goods, cakes, cinnamon rolls, 
uh, a little little quicheth, you know, the mini quicheth and um, the puff pastry ones. And uh, they're sitting on my head. And um, and the birds are eating them. The birds are eating them right up. They're supposed to be for the king, but the birds are eating them. And uh, I, I just... I can't get the birds to leave. They're devouring all the sweet, the sweet confections I made. What do you think that means? And he's like, Oh, yucky. Birds are never good. Never heard a bird in any of my dreams. Um, it is interesting that there are birds pecking at your head because that's what's going to happen, dude. You're going to get, like, killed. In three days, the king is going to return, and he's going to determine who was it. And it was it you? And he's like, No, no, no I swear. And he goes, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but, um, hey, it's my best interpretation. Uh, should I be wrong? Tell Pharaoh I'm cool, but I really think you're doomed, dude. Sorry. Uh, gods, remove him. And they're like, you got it, boss. And they pull him out. <laughs> boss. For whatever, he's the boss, right? So anyways, uh, that's exactly what happens. The Pharaoh makes a decree three days later. On his birthday. He's figured it out. He's figured out who the leaker is. The nasty leaker. And it's the baker. So the, he welcomes them both back on his birthday to a party. They're both invited. They're like, oh, we got out. Great. The cupbearer is welcomed as an honored guest. And the baker is hung in front of the whole community by the neck until he's dead. And he died. And... The the, the, the the thing now is Cupbearer has to tell the king what? What's he's gonna well, do? He's gonna say, Hey, <coughs> funny this happened because I knew this was gonna happen because there's a guy who interprets dreams at the prison, but he doesn't say that. Right. He's too relieved, too excited, then he just goes about his business. He's so happy to be holding that cup and looking handsome again. And here Joseph sits in the dungeon for two more years. For two more years. And that's today's story because He's going to do it again, and we've reached my, what, like 20 minutes? Let's, let's call it. Yeah. Let's call it. How'd I do, Lauren? You, you followed along. You did. You followed along. You did really well. I nailed it. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah. I'm sitting back in my chair, comfy as hell, because. So what do we learn? What do we learn from this story, though? Joseph is so aggravating and self-centered, but he does get the job done. But he's also framed. He's annoying. You've made him annoying. I don't know if he is annoying. Maybe at yeah, I've made him quite fancy. But to think a about it. He he's doing a great job. He's mm-hmm. going beyond. He's beyond reproach, and he's framed by Potiphar's wife. Yeah, tough, so it's a shame. Tough tough times to be a fancy boy who was given everything his whole life. Maybe it's time he gets a little perspective on how uh, other people live. Maybe because he didn't like. I don't know. This is. I mean. I've read it. I know where this story's going. Like, I know it. I know the whole Bible. It's why this story, this whole podcast is about my genius. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Um, this is, like, his formative time. Because what what formation did he go through at home? Nothing. He was given everything. Right. Cakes and popsicles and a coat, never to work. Now he's, like, in order to prove himself, to get back to that comfy, like, manager position he loves so dang much... He actually has to work because these aren't his dad. So he has to turn out good stuff. He has to gripe at the grocery store to get double A. Well, he has to gripe at the at the restaurant. Well, my only, my only, uh, uh, yeah, my my only. Granted, thing that's that not would, in the Bible. That well, he what's in the Bible is that God was just blessing him. It was God doing this, making sure. everything easy for him. Well, no, I maybe, but perhaps it's that God was making sure he got a raw deal. But well, how? But like him being kind of blessed. 
That's how inheritance kind of works through God's promise. I mean, that's how grace works, right? That's how this covenant promise goes to his family regardless. He has like expectations right. of being great. The, him getting beaten, put in a pit should have ended in him being murdered, just dead, left out there to die or <laughs> abducted by somebody who kills him, hurts him, whatever. He could have been just working on a salt mine, but God was seeing to it to tell a bigger story as usual. And often that's going to require someone going through a transformation. And everything that's happened to us so far has got to be kind of transformative. Yeah. So, especially two more years in prison after he did that cool thing. Well, folks, we hope you tune in next time as we pick up in Genesis chapter 41, where two years pass by, but Joseph is invited to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Oh, Cupbearer remembers. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Since we're besties now, could you do us a favor? Visit iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and visit us at BibleBesties.com for exclusive content.